this together. I'd like to pray before we read the scriptures and look at this. Our Father, then again, we stop and say thank you for letting us be in church this morning with assembled with these believers. Lord, I ask you to please again open up our eyes of understanding. Give us the filling of the Spirit of God. Would you speak through me this morning that I would only say what you once said? I ask you to bless each individual that's in the auditorium this morning. If it's a Christian, please build them in their faith. Draw them closer to you. If there's a lost person in the auditorium this morning, not sure if they're on their way to heaven, Lord, would you draw them to you? <coughs> Lord, help them to be saved this morning. Thank you for what you did in Ken's heart last week. Thank you for him receiving your son. Now, Father, help us this morning in a real way. Lord, may we be able to say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord because of what you do in our life. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, I want you to look at a passage of Scripture with me, Ezekiel 24. And I'm just going to read 10 verses with you this morning out of this passage to start with. And I think we'll take most of the message from these 10 verses. Uh, did I say 24? Did I say 24? Okay. That's not what I said. I said 34. That's what I said, 34. I'm sure your hearing is going out, and it's Ezekiel 34. This is crazy. I, I have to stop looking at the references without my glasses on, all right? It's Ezekiel 34. I'm sure I said 24. I apologize about that. Ezekiel 34. If you can count to 10, go 10 chapters farther, all right? Ezekiel 34, verse number 1, it says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, that being Ezekiel, came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the, unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. And he names the flock here, <coughs> as far as them, in verse 4. The diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed that which was sick, neither have ye bound up that which was broken, neither have ye brought again that which was driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost, but with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered because there is no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely, because my flock became a prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. Church, I, mean, I want to take the thought from two phrases that are repeated, and actually there's more phrases that are repeated, but the one I want you to notice is in verse number 5 and verse number 8. In verse number 5 it says, And they were scattered because, what's the next statement say? There is no shepherd. Same phrase is mentioned again and again in the middle of verse number 8. It says, because there was no shepherd. Now, I know what probably most of you are thinking this morning. This message has nothing to do with me because it's talking about a shepherd. Truthfully, in the book of Ezekiel, it's not like the New Testament where the shepherd in 1 Peter chapter number 5 is talking about the under-shepherd as far as the pastor of the church. The pastor of the church is supposed to be the under-shepherd. You're God's flock. If you're a believer, God says that all of us are sheep, but his flock belongs to him, and that he has an under-shepherd, which is the man of God, which we understand from the New Testament. But in this passage here in Ezekiel 34, Ezekiel is the prophet, and he's writing this by God, and God is making reference to a shepherd being over Israel. Now think for just a moment here, in the context of Scripture. 
God here, and again, I, I don't, I'm not going to belabor the point, but I will point out to you so that you understand that the passage is specifically talking about Israel. Look at the last two verses of this chapter in verse number 30. It says, Thus shall they know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God, and ye my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. So, he is not just giving an, an allegory here. He is specifically talking about the children of Israel being the flock. And he's talking about the shepherds being those who were leading Israel. Now, it's not just on a spiritual sense, though I believe that it is still referring to the shepherds of Israel being the prophets and the priests. But I think it goes a step farther than that. And here's the reason why I think that. Look at the last phrase in verse number four. He says in verse number four, referring to the shepherds, but with force... And with cruelty have ye ruled them. So church family, when he was talking about the shepherds of Israel, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about the application this morning. But in the literal sense, Ezekiel is writing what God is telling him. And God says, woe unto the shepherds, those who were ruling Israel, both in a spiritual sense, but also in a governmental sense. The kings, the princes, the judges, the magistrates, all of these who were leading the flock of Israel, God says, woe unto you. And he says, the reason woe unto you is because you were meant to feed the flock and instead you were feeding yourself off of the flock. Instead of taking care of the flock, you hurt the flock. Instead of going after the flock, you let them go. You were not taking care of my people being God's people in specifically in the chapter, the children of Israel. All right. Now, if you will be so far, say amen. amen. So that's the literal sense of Ezekiel chapter number 34 is that God is warning that the shepherds that were leading the children of Israel were not doing their job, and that's why the children of Israel were scattered into captivity and into bondage. But in reference to this, I want to make the application this morning that the shepherd is not just the man of God that's standing behind the pulpit. The shepherd is anybody who has a flock. That shepherd obviously could be the husband of a household. That shepherd could be a teacher in a Sunday school class. That's, that, that could also be a teacher in a school classroom. It can also be a person who's involved in a bus route that's the bus captain leading a, a group of people. Anybody that influences people, you have people that you influence, we would be considered a flock. That we're all sheep. If you're a Christian, we're all sheep. And God says here, woe unto the shepherd. Now, this morning, I want to walk through this, these 10 verses with you and point out just three things with you this morning that's very interesting about this idea of no shepherd. Now, I want to tell you, it's important to have leadership. Somebody say amen. amen. We understand that from the scripture that God puts leadership in the home. That's dad. God puts leadership in the church. That's the pastor. God's put leadership. And whether we like it or not, it's the president that we have in the United States right, of, right now of America, that God get, allows us to have leadership. And by the way, sometimes we have leadership for what we deserve. Alrighty? It might not be what we want, but it's what we deserve. And I just want you to understand that God uses that leadership to be able to help us as people, and if I can say as sheep or followers, to make sure that we go the right direction. Remember what Jesus said when he was in his earthly ministry? He said that he looked upon the people and had compassion upon them because they were as sheep having... Alright? What was going on at the time of Jesus? You had the scribes and you had the Pharisees. And God says, boy, that's like having no shepherd. That's what was going on in these days. Did Israel have kings? Yes. Did Israel have prophets? Yes. But it was like they had no shepherd. I brought a shepherd's crook, uh, staff, I should say, uh, with me. I'm not a shepherd. Obviously, a shepherd takes one of those. Sometimes they have to pull a lamb back. Sometimes they have to knock them on their head. In fact, this would be a good pastoral staff. Uh, 
<laughs> but it's used to be able to keep the sheep all together so that you don't have a stray, so that you don't have one fighting with another. But that shepherd is the one that's supposed to be under shepherd, is supposed to be able to help keep the control, the direction, the protection of those particular sheep. Now this morning, would you follow me for just a little bit? I want you to look at just a couple things in this passage here. You got your Bible. I want you to jump back in your Bible. Look at verse number four. Verse number four. I want to go back and talk briefly. Now we understand in verse number two, he said, woe to the shepherds. And he said, why? It's because of the condition of the sheep. Now look what he says in verse four. He says, first of all, the, what's the second word? Diseased have ye not strengthened, neither have ye healed them that were what? Sick, neither have ye bound up that which was what? Broken, neither have ye brought again that which was, two words, driven away, neither have ye sought that which was lost. Now, I know we could go farther, but just pointing out these five words, disease, sick, broken, driven away, and lost, to me gives a good indication of what we are as sheep when it comes to our spiritual condition. Yes, the sheep here are the children of Israel, but it is also figuratively of all those who are saved. Hey, you remember Isaiah 53, verse number six? Isaiah 53, six says, all we like have what? Gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him, Jesus, laid upon him, the iniquity of us all. All we like sheep have gone astray. That means there's nobody that's not sinned in here. We've all done things that are wrong. We've all have evil thoughts or actions or things that we should not do. Why? Because we're sheep that are sinners. Every man's a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're sinners. So what's the condition of the sheep that's mentioned here? Referring to Israel, they were diseased. That means they were unhealthy, they were sick, they weren't well. They were broken, that means they were damaged, they were driven away. That word driven away means to be pushed away. And then they were lost, the word lost there talks about means that they wander away. You have the first word driven away, somebody caused them to drive away, and the second one that is lost means they wander away, they did it on their own. Now is that not a picture of us as Christians? We're diseased oftentimes, we're sick, we're driven away, we wander away. What's it all about? Sin. Sin is what causes us to do things that we shouldn't do as Christians. And you know what God said? God says, I'm going to give you a shepherd to try to help you when you're sick, to help you when you're driven away, to help you when you're wandering away. I want to tell you, let's just remember, I know the application is, is broad this morning, but you need church, and I want to tell you why, because you get sick. I'm not talking about the ones who couldn't be with us this morning. Mrs. Edwards is still sick. Continue to pray for her. But Mr. Merriman, Mrs. Merriman, specifically, is still sick. You need to pray for her. Mrs. Gracie Morris, she's still not doing well. You need to continue to pray for her. Brother Sister Ortiz are not here today. They're, they're, they're sick. You need to pray for them. And the list could go on and on and on of people who could not be here, and they are physically sick. But you're telling me that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about, spiritually speaking, all of us have temptation and things in our life that we deal with on a regular basis, and you never get to the point where you're not dealing with sin, and that's why you need a shepherd. Amen. And I'm not talking about capital S, and Lord permitting, I'm going to hit that before, as we finish. And thank God we have the chief shepherd, Amen. and we have the good shepherd, Amen. and that we have God the Father that we can go directly to his throne and we can come to him. But that's not what this is talking about. It's talking about the little s, the shepherds that God placed into our life to keep us in the fold, to keep us right. We're constantly dealing with being driven away by the world, the flesh, and the devil. We're constantly driven away by our own flesh about what we want to do instead of what God wants us to do. We're constantly sick 
and we're, and we're diseased because of the tainting of what we see and hear with the world. And I want to just tell you, that's why you need a shepherd. My kids are all growing up to that age in their life where they don't think they need somebody to tell them what to do. Your kids are not like that. I'm just telling you that the pastor's kids are special kids. <clears throat> and the older my kids get, the more they think they know what they're doing and where they're going and they don't need somebody checking on them. They don't need somebody telling them what to do because now they're 18. And they have lived life so long that they are all powerful, all wisdom, all knowing dingbats. They don't know that God gave them a parent to help guide them. By the way, church members are like that too, by the way. God gave you a Holy Spirit and he leads you. And God gave you a book, and it gives you direction. But God also gave you a man of God. Amen. And I want to tell you, when you get to the place where you keep pushing the under-shepherd, and in your situation, the, little, the shepherd, by the way, there's no little shepherds. God makes us what we are. Under-shepherd is a pastor. Under-shepherd is a parent. It's still the same. He's the chief shepherd. All we're doing is taking that collective body that God gave us and we're trying to keep them from getting sick and diseased. And, 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 and what does he say there? You go after them to help them get healed and you go after them to help to bring them back and you go after them because they're lost. Amen. Hey, listen to me this morning. I don't know every message what God's trying to do in a person's heart, but I'm just trying to tell you, you got to stop acting like a Laodicean church and a Laodicean Christian that says, hey, listen, I'm rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. That is a lie of the devil. You are in need. You know why? Because you're a sick sheep. Amen. So that doesn't make me feel very good. I don't know what to tell you. We're sinners. There's always that pull of the world, the devil. It's always going to be there. Don't, don't be an obstinate sheep. Always pushing against the authorities in your life. Always pushing against what's, what, what direction that, that God's trying to lead through people in your life. Don't be that way. We see the condition of the sheep. I want you to see next, this is not going to be very happy if, you're, if the Lord's using you to shepherd people. But the second thing is, I want you to look at the condemnation of the shepherds. In verse number 7 and verse number 9, it's repeated word for word. It says, therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. In verse number seven, he gives the condemnation, uh, in, I'm sorry, in verse number eight, he gives the condemnation of the shepherds. And then in verse number 10, he gives the correction of the shepherds. So in verse number seven, he says, therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. So here's the condemnation. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. So the condemnation was threefold in verse number eight to the shepherds. The first thing he says is you didn't protect my sheep from the beast. Now, literally speaking, I'm not going to ask the question. I'm just going to tell you the statement because the question is who's the beast. But the, in literal, he's talking about Israel. He's talking about the leadership that God placed in Israel's life. The beast was Babylon. The beast was Assyria. The beast was all those foreign countries that came in because they were serving their false gods and went out. He says, you didn't protect my people from them. 
he goes on to say, he says the second condemnation was, in verse number 8, he says, you did not search for them. The leadership, you let people go by the wayside, Israelites, and you didn't, ever go, back, you didn't go after them. They went to serve false gods, and you could have brought them back as the leadership of my people, and you didn't do it. Also in verse number 8, he says, you fed yourself, and you didn't feed the flock. They, in other words, the leadership was taking advantage of followership. Now, that's the condemnation. Now, church family, listen. God blesses shepherds. All right? I, and let me just say from this point of view, I'm a very blessed man. I'm blessed because of you. I'm blessed because of God, but God blesses me because of you. And I'm not talking about physical prosperity. I'm a blessed person. What a wonderful thing to be able to pastor a church and see people that want to read their Bible and want to go soul winning and want to give their tithes and offerings and want to raise their children for God. I mean, you, I couldn't ask for, a, and I say this carefully, I couldn't ask for a better congregation than people who want to serve the Lord because I would hate to be pastoring a church that was constantly trying to drag people along. That'd be discouraging. That'd be discouraging to have a soul winning night and nobody comes out. That'd be discouraging to, to say, okay, we want to build a, start a church in Topeka and, and nobody's behind it. I, that would be discouraging. So I'm blessed to be able to have fellowship that wants to serve God. But can I tell you something? In a home setting, in a church setting, if you're teaching Sunday school or if you're running a bus route or whatever it might be, I want to just try to tell you something. You're blessed that you get the opportunity to lead people that God chose you to be a shepherd. I was talking to Brother and Sister McComas last night about children. You guys have how many? Six or seven? Seven. Seven kids. All right. We were talking last night about children as far as having children. We have, we, we have eight, of course. And, uh, you know, when, the, when we... I've got to be careful what I say here. Uh, you know, some people got this thought that this thing, I, I'm going to have children when I want to have children. You have children when God gives you children. I don't care what the world tells you. All right. That's stupid. God's the one that gives life. God's the one that takes life. Are you all with me so far? All right. So... When it comes to my wife and I having children, you know, when, she, when we first got married, I teased about, yeah, I'd like to have 14 children. But truthfully, you get as many as the Lord gives you. And you don't get any more than what the Lord gives you. All right? So when we got to eight, that's as many as the Lord gave us. It wasn't one of those things I think eight's enough. We don't, we don't do that. All right? Are you all with me so far? Okay. Now, by the way, whatever you do, that's your, your business. But when it comes to my wife and I, we just decided we want as many as the Lord would give us. You know why? Because the Lord's the one that puts them into the flock. All right? So you, you might have three in your flock. You might have four in your flock. You might have one in your flock. But it doesn't matter. You got how many the Lord. And by the way, can I just quickly say this? You're not a better Christian because you got more in your flock. That's just how many God chose to put in your flock. That's like saying that big churches are better than small churches. That's a lie from the devil. Because God knows what people need to be in what flock. Are you all with me so far? All right? Uh, just, I, I want to tell you something. I had the opportunity to go to Ohio here uh, two or three years back, and uh, they told me it was, a, it was a, if I remember correctly, it was a million-dollar complex. Um, I can't remember how many people it was. It had, a bigger, it had more acreage, more, I think it was like 40 acres. But I want to just tell you something. Going to try to find a bigger flock, and it's not the flock you're supposed to be at, that's pretty dumb. Because it's not how many children you have in your house, it's how many children God gave you. Can I tell you, if God's given you an opportunity to teach a Sunday school class and there's four in that Sunday school class, then you'd be the best shepherd that they could ever have. If God gives you a Sunday school class and there's 16 in your class, then you'd be the best shepherd you can to be those 16 people. You know why? Because the sheep are his, they're not yours. And I'm just trying to tell you that the condition of the sheep is a matter of they're not well. You know why? Because they have a sin nature. And can I tell you, the condemnation of the shepherd was is that the shepherd thought it was all about him. 
It's not about the shepherd. I'm talking about little s. It's always about the shepherd, big S. I'm talking about it's not about us. It's about the people that God allows us to influence. You, how many grandparents in here? You got grandkids? Raise your hand. These are the ones that are smiling. Amen. The old adage is true. You know, you can bring them to your house and spoil them, then you get to send them home. Isn't that a blessing? But can I tell you, if you have an influence with grandchildren, that's still part of a flock. We have to be careful that we don't get the same condemnation that these shepherds received is that they didn't protect, they didn't search after, they did not feed, they fed themselves and didn't feed the flock. Now, church, I want to show you the correction that God gave these shepherds. Look at verse number 10. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I'm against the shepherds, and I will, what's the word? Require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be meat for them. God's correction to the shepherds was, number one, you're no longer going to feed the flock. And number two, you'll no longer feed yourself from the flock. Now, I don't know if you get this or not. He says, no longer are you going to be able to give to your flock, whatever God gives you to influence. No longer are you going to be able to do that. And then watch this. No longer are you going to be able to get back from them from who you're supposed to be feeding. This is not just, now I know the physical sense. It's real simple. There's wool on a sheep. All right. There's meat on a sheep. He's given the indication using a physical animal to show what they were doing to the people that God gave. They were taking, they were taking from what they were supposed to be feeding. Can I just tell you that if God allows you to feed a flock, God's given you a family, God's given you a class, God's given you somebody to influence in your life, there's still something that you get to draw from them that's your benefit. I benefit as the pastor of the Heritage Baptist Church because I get to feed the flock. God says, I'm going to take away you the opportunity to feed them, and I'm going to take away the, what you were getting from them. You know Why? Because they were out for themselves, they weren't out for the flock. Now, church family, here's, one, here's the real thought. I told you there's three thoughts this morning. The first one was the condition of the sheep, and it's always sin in our life. It's the sin that we have to deal with. The second thing that I see here is the condemnation of the shepherd. God says, I'm not happy with the leadership that I've, that you, that I've allowed you to be. You're not being the leader you should be. But I want you to notice this last thing. To me, this is the best. Look at your Bible, verse number 11. Verse number 11 says, For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out as a, what's the word? Shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered. So will I seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I, God, and I will bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. They, there shall they lie in a good fold and in fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I hope you understand in the context of what's going on, God says all of these that went into captivity, both in Babylon and Assyria, he says, I'm going to bring them back to Israel. And by the way, God did that 70 years later. Remember, they were in captivity in Babylon. 70 years later, they come back. Look what he says next, though, in verse number 15. I will feed my flock and will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was, what's the word? And bring again that which was what? Will bind up that which was what? And will strengthen that which was what? But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Church family, can I just tell you, 
it's interesting, yes, you see the condition of the sheep, and yes, you see the condemnation of the shepherd, but I love to see the care of God in our life. Can I just tell you that no matter what your shepherd is, whether it's a father in a home, a pastor in a church, whether it's a leader in a bus route, no matter what, maybe it's something at work, the best leadership is God because God always takes care of his sheep. You know, I see families all the time where a person sometimes, they're not happy with their home situation. But can I tell you, there's something bigger than your home situation is that God cares about you. He cares about you. I, I, I read through that, and I'm not going to read them with you, but in this chapter alone, 15 times God says, my sheep, my flock, 6, 8, 10, 11, 12, 15, 17, 19, 22, 31, every one of those verses you're going to find out God says personally, those were mine. What does John 10, 28 says? And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Hey, aren't you glad that once you're saved, you're always saved? Even if you're driven away. Even if you're sick and diseased. He kept saying, my flock, my sheep. I've done some crazy things in my life, and I'm sure thankful that God's forgiving, and God says, he's still mine. Still mine. We see the great care of God. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I, the psalmist of Israel, David, as he continues to write, talks about the care of God as our shepherd. And that's exactly what he is. God does all things for his sheep. He seeks the lost, brings back the driven away, binds up the broken, strengthens the sick. That's exactly what God does. You know why? Because he cares about us. Hey, never get to the place where you get so discouraged in your Christian life because of either sin in your life or because of a false expectation of what you think the Christian life is supposed to be. Never get to a place that you forget you're his sheep. You're his You're his. He ends the chapter, and I want you to notice the verse. Not at the end of the chapter, but I want you to notice the verse, because I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but look at verse number 23. This is futuristic in verse 23, but here's what he says. And I will set up, what's the next two words? And he shall feed them, even as my servant David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. Now, church, I want you to take a guess at this. Who futuristically is the one shepherd? It's Jesus Christ. When you look at this, it's talking about the kingdom going to be set up where there'll be showers of blessings and that we're going to be with our shepherd forever. But church family, until we are with him personally, face to face, forever with the one shepherd, God has given us little s shepherds in our life that we're supposed to listen to and let them guide and direct us in our life. Hey, listen, I don't know which, who the person is, okay, but I don't know what shepherd you're struggling with. It's an authority in your life. If it's in a home, why are you supposed to submit to your husband? If it's in a church, you're supposed to let the pastor be the overseer. If it's on a job, you're supposed to listen to the, the person who's in charge. I don't know what the shepherd is, little s, but can I tell you, there's enough places where there's no shepherd. Is that what you want? 
That's what he said of Israel twice. There is no shepherd. There's enough places where there's no shepherd. There's enough homes where there's not a father to lead. There's enough churches where there's not a pastor to direct. There's enough places that you're involved with a bunch of, bunch of people who are all just giving their ideas where there's no shepherd in your life. Can I just tell you the best thing for you to do is this, is put yourself under the shepherd that God's given you in your life. Amen. Are there going to be times you're sick and driven away and having problems in your life? Of course there is because of sin. If there are going to be times the shepherd, well, one will get away from over here or one of the sheep over here. I was talking to somebody just yesterday. If there's one thing that gets away from me so fast, it's the seniors of our church. It's no wonder in the book of Acts he said this is why you need to have deacons because of the neglecting of the widows. Hey, James chapter 3, verse number 1. And be ye not many masters... For ye shall hold the greater condemnation. The word masters does not mean master. It means actually instructor or teacher. Can I just tell you something? The person that's in charge is holding a greater condemnation than you are. It's in your best interest to make sure you come under the shepherd that God's given you in your life. Shepherd. You know what happens a lot of times is we get burnt by the shepherd that's in our life, whether it's home or church or some other situation. And what happens is, is we decide, I'm not going that route again. Okay, that's like having your car break down and going to a bad mechanic and then saying, I'm just going to let the car rot because I'm not going to go to the mechanic because the mechanic was bad. That's foolishness. You always need a shepherd in your life. In the Sunday school hour this morning, and I'll close, but in the Sunday school hour this morning, I don't know if I caught it or not, but in David's life, he always had a man of God. Every, every part of his life, he had a man of God. In the early part of his life, he had Samuel. Samuel is what gave him the protection in his life because he was running from Saul. Nathan, in the middle of his life, he had Nathan as a man of God in his life, and Nathan was the one that said, thou art the man, and he got correction from God. Gad was the last one that he had in his life, and Gad was the prophet who was called David Seer that told David, you shouldn't be in the Philistine territory, you should be in God's territory. He was the one that told David, you've got three choices because of what you've done wrong. He was the one that gave him direction in his life. I want to tell you something. The shepherds that God placed in your life is for your protection, it's for your correction, and it's for your direction. You need a shepherd. Would you bow your head and close your eyes this morning?